0: Hello everybody and welcome to Mama the Hard Kid. Today we're going to be talking about taking your hard kid on vacation. So we have a child with reactive attachment disorder and because of that anytime we change locations she freaks out. Anytime we are prepping for a vacation she freaks out. So she doesn't like change, she doesn't like a new routine and this also kind of goes for our child who has pretty decent severe anxiety, but she can wrap her head around things a little bit better. She's a little bit older, but I'm going to be talking about what we do when we are going to take our child on vacation. So usually there, I'm going to split it up into three parts. We're going to talk about pre-vacation, during vacation and post-vacation because anytime we leave, there is a massive amount of of dysregulation that happens. So one of the reasons I even have a pre-vacation list is because the dysregulation is so intense, if I don't, that we start talking about the vacation weeks before we ever take it. So just to bring up this next part, if the trip has to happen abruptly, and if there was no lead time, I say, I'm so sorry. I didn't get to talk to you about this. I didn't know about this. It came out of nowhere. We're going on vacation. Okay. So know that there are options when that happens. So the first thing I do is I talk about it super early. I talk about whatever I can talk about ahead of time. So for example, let's say we are going to a national park. So I say, Hey, guess what? In a you know, four weeks, we're gonna to go to a national park. And I even try to bring it up earlier if I know that it's coming. So I'll say, okay, guess what? In a few months, and and then I just bring it up another month later. And then not terribly often, she has enough siblings that it does get brought up. And that anxiety older sister tends to bring stuff up a lot. <laughs> so that part gets kind of taken care of for me. But we talk about and anything. If I can show her a picture, I will show her a picture. So let's say we go to a national park. So I'll get on my computer and I will say, okay, look at this. This is the national park that we're going to. Because I am a firm believer that part of the reason she's having a lot of her issues uh, with emotional regulation is because she has a lot of anxiety about everything. So I try to do things that will lessen the anxiety. So for my oldest who has anxiety and for her, I will sit them down in front of the computer and all my kids actually, and I will just show them, oh, this is what we're going to see. This is where it is. I'll pull up a map if I need to and say, this is how far away it is from our house. This is how long it's going to take to get there. I'll look up the weather with them and say, okay, the weather's going to look like this we're going to have this kind of weather, it's going to be um, sunny, we're going to plan on rain, whatever it is. And then I'm going to remind them, remind her that we are all going to go together. Because one of the things that she originally used to panic about, for some reason, she would be like, okay, we're going on a vacation. They're going to leave me, I'm going to they hate me. <laughs> she couldn't, she would dysregulate and get so anxious, that then I would have to remind her, hey, we're, you know, even if you get anxious, I'm going to be there. So we're all going to be there. You know, if something goes wrong, we're all going to be there. So it was, you know, you needed to let her know, I needed to let her know that she wasn't alone in this because when it comes to her reactive attachment disorder, anytime she dysregulates, she kind of cuts all of the bonds that she has with people and then reverts inside herself. So I had to reach out and remind her that those bonds are still there. So then I would pick if I could, and I couldn't for every vacation is I would pick a buffer person. We went on a gigantic international trip wasn't terribly it sounds bigger than it was. (laughs) But we went on an international trip last year and I started to get terrified. So I invited my mom because my mom is the buffer person. My daughter wants to impress my mom. She loves my mom. She doesn't want my mom to see what her behaviors are actually like. So I was able to bring her to be able to have that as a buffer person. Now, this has to be somebody who is the child feels safe around. Someone who will not make fun of them preferably someone who understands what happens if they do explode, if the child does explode, or, or have an episode of whatever type of episode your child has. Um, someone that your child loves, because if it's someone that they're even only mediocre with, it's going to cause more problems than not. I would not bring somebody that they're only mediocre feelings for. Now, if they're is no one or if that person cannot come we have done um there is an app called Marco Polo and on Marco Polo you do little video messages to somebody so we have been completely in the mountains <laughs> in the woods somewhere with um no cell phone service sometimes and I'll say case send a message and when we get to cell phone service then grandma's going to get it and then grandma will probably respond back to you. But just just having her be able to have that point of contact, even if it wasn't complete, was comforting to her to say she, I imagine says to herself, Oh my goodness, I'm so distressed. But grandma who is, you know, this really strong presence in her life, grandma will know, grandma will know, and she will get back to me. Now, also, you need to have somebody who is reliable. And that that can be difficult too. But to be able to have that Marco Polo app, I'm able to separate the time. It doesn't have to be an instant response because she understands how the app works. She knows that we're in a place where we don't have the internet. She knows that we will eventually get back to the internet and then she can look forward to that response back. So we have actually done several vacations. (laughs) And every time we get back, I think that was the worst. And we're not doing that again. But I can't help it. I just love the memories from it. So I end up going back and over and over and over. I love vacations. And what I've also found over the years is that the more you practice, the better it gets. So, you might not want to take your child into the woods if they are someone who runs away. You might not want to take them to a hotel if they're someone who screams a lot. I got a VRBO at almost every place we went because, and it was an unattached singular house because of her tantrums. And then she would throw her tantrums in this house and nobody was connected. And she could have a little bit of decompression time having her tantrums. And it wouldn't escalate my anxiety. Because even in a hotel room, I hate when my kids are allowed in a hotel room, because I know it's bothering everybody around us. So it helped me to be able to have that separate, detached individual space. And then she was allowed to have her feelings. Now, if your child is destructive, you're going to have to be creative about how you approach any vacation situation. It might be that you guys um, camp. It might be that you figure out a person where they stay at their house, and it's always at their house, and then you guys go camping or vacationing. You know, to have a constant routine if you're not sharing the vacation with them, but also to have you with them if you are sharing the vacation with them. Something, something that is comfort to them, something that is consistent. So I know some of you who have reactive attachment disorder children are like, I'm not a comfort to my child. <laughs> I am the problem. That might be true. But the consistency, they have an expectation of how their interactions with you are going to go. And they might not like it, but they still have that expectation. So you can actually keep them more regulated with that normal discord, that normal dysregulation than if you are to create a gigantically new scenario for them and they don't have any consistency. So one of the things I let her do, and this happens before, while we are packing, we pack together, we talk about outfits, I try to give her every opportunity to understand what we're doing, what it's going to look like, and that I'm going to be there, that we're all going to be there. So I let her pick out, depending on... um where we're going, a comfort item. So sometimes it's a blanket, sometimes it's a special jammies, sometimes it's a stuffy, but just that comfort item that is specifically hers and that she likes. Now, this of course will change with any of your kids. Sometimes it's a game, sometimes it's a fidget toy, but just something that is theirs. But I also say ahead of time, If we lose this, you can't lose your mind. It has to be something you're willing to lose or you can be okay if it's lost. Do not, to the best of your ability, and I know whenever I give absolutes, there's always an exception. Don't take their favorite thing because if you lose the favorite thing on your vacation, you will be so sorry. So I would say... I can't take that stuffy. That's your favorite stuffy. So this stuffy is going to stay here and keep your bed ready for you when you get home. But let's take this stuffy because this stuffy we also really like and we wouldn't be as sad if for some reason it got lost on our vacation. And I put that in her head because it helps her understand when that thing happens in the future. So when we were on our large vacation last year... Uh, We went to multiple states, and then we went to um, a couple different, like just a different country. So then we, she bought a toy, and she loved this toy. It was her favorite toy, because she gets really obsessed with things. And then she lost the toy after like two days. So then, of course, she's lost her mind. And so then I have to say, hey, you know what? We lose stuff. Stuff does get lost. And aren't we glad we got to snuggle that toy for two days? It's better than not having it at all. We got to snuggle that toy. Now, in my head, as the practical part of me, I'm like, yeah, that was, I hate that I spent money on a toy for two days. <laughs> but but at the same time, you have to frame it in a way that they can feel comfortable with the situation. Now, of course, these are things talking about really little kids. But don't be afraid to use fairly similar tactics with your older children because when you talk to them and you're calm and you're speaking more factually and you're giving them just plain information and you're taking the emotion out of it, that works for me. It works for my husband. It works for adults, teenagers, children. It just calms the situation down because when they're freaking out and you're like, stop breaking out. Like it doesn't, I mean, I've definitely done that, but it doesn't bring that calm that that child needs. One of my favorite quotes, and I wish I was better at this, but I try hard to be, is be the calm in the storm, in your child's storm. Be the calm in your child's storm. And I just highly recommend trying to, the best you can to follow that advice. Okay. We're going to talk about during the vacation. During the vacation, take it easy. Really consider it a vacation. If your child thrives on tons and tons and tons and tons and tons tons of stuff and tons of changes, go ahead. If they love that, go ahead and do that. But for a lot of kids, they are really benefited by taking a lot of breaks. You, You go somewhere and you want it to have you know, adventure, you want to squeeze so much adventure into your day. But sometimes the best thing you can do is look at something and then take a break. Go do something and then take a break. You want them to be able to find that regulation part for themselves. So they go do something and they get either super hyper or kind of anxious. And then you want to pull them back in and give them something to kind of calm them down. So another thing is you want to talk to them about how they're feeling on the trip. This is a cautionary point because you can overdo this for sure. But just sort of check in. How you doing? Are you okay? Is there anything that's making you nervous? Now this works for us because she knows and we have talked about with her just how anxious she gets about everything, just how bad her behavior can be. We're very open about these things and even in the pre-talk, I say, "Hey, I'm a little nervous cuz you lose your mind sometimes. What, can, what what can we do to keep you from losing your mind? Know that if you lose your mind, it's not okay." You know, I I just sort of talk her through so that when we're on the trip, I can say, "Uh-oh, I can see you're losing your mind. I think you're overtaxed. Why don't you go sit on your bed and read a book? Another thing that I think is really great when you're on a vacation is to keep parts of your routine. Now you're usually in a different place eating. You're usually, sometimes you go to a restaurant, right? That might not be what you do when you're at home. At home, you might eat at a table and have your certain times. Well, that might not be possible. If it is, keep whatever you possibly can as your routine. If you have the child read before bed, whether they read on their own or whether they read with you, keep that. Make sure they're getting to bed at a point where they can still have those moments that are part of their original routine in every day. So if you cannot keep any part of your routine, then explain that. Because if you can explain it ahead of time, then they'll be able to take that extra time and wrap their head around it. So when you wake up and you say, hey, uh, well, let's do it the night before. So it's the night before and you say, hey, kid, we're not going to be able to have breakfast the way we normally have breakfast. So we're going to have to have breakfast a different way. Then give them time to process that information, Especially if you have one of those kids where you say, Hey kid, I need you to do this. And they go, huh? And you're like, I know you heard me. Or I have one kid that they say, mom, mom, mom. And I say, what? And they're like, huh? (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, I learned that that's a processing issue. That they have to shift into a listening mode and then they have to shift into a processing mode. So give your child that time to process that information. So when we're off and I say, hey, we're not gonna be able to do this, here's what we are gonna do, and then when we get home, we're gonna go back to normal. Because if if it's anything if your child is like my child my youngest, she can't see the, like, the future. (laughs) You know, that sounds odd, but she cannot see that we'll eventually go home. To her, and especially at the beginning when we had not had as much practice, she's like, hey, we've just left our home. We're never coming back. We're never, like, we have, I just detached from everything. And if you think about it, that did happen to her multiple times, she did leave a home, and she did never go back to that home. So she has those unprocessed things inside her that played a real role in her being nervous. But she also had a hard time seeing that, you know, following the logic path that we would eventually go home. So it was comforting to her to be able to say, we'll get back to that when we get home to just outline as much as you could to say hey here's our schedule for the day here's what we're going to be doing and if something changes we're all going to deal with it together cuz that was another big thing is i have two kids who couldn't handle any kind of change to the day so i would say you know don't worry Everything changes all the time. We'll handle it together. Okay. So just like we prepped for the trip, I also during the trip prep for the end of the trip. Now I just kind of talked about that, but I wanted to include counting down the days saying, Oh, we have two days left. And this reduces the amount of stress that my all of my children have about whether or not they're supposed to fill their day with something whether or not they are nervous about going home and starting school or whatever it is it just sort of allows again that time for their brain to process and to process at the speed that it needs to what this schedule is going to look like so now we've gone on vacation we're headed home now If you have a child with reactive attachment disorder, (laughs) in your pre-vacation planning, you need to brace yourself as the parent that it's going to be awful when you get home. Every time I get home from a trip, which my daughter has either freaked out through the whole thing or loved, she has a hard time settling back into life. Now, for a while, I thought I should avoid vacation. But what the truth was, is going on vacation more helped this to calm down. So I would brace myself for heavy emotions. They're tired. They don't want to get back in from the vacation routine. You as the parent don't want to get back from the vacation routine It was really lovely when you could just go to a restaurant for every meal or have somebody else clean your bed, like whatever it is, or live in the quiet of nature, whatever your vacation is. It's nice. That's why we go on vacation. But one of the ways I found that is really helpful is I bring my kids into a room, like the living room, and then we just talk about our favorite parts about the trip. And I know this sounds weird, but it kind of integrates the trip into their life. And it's not so much like a closed door or a big steep step from what was over here to what was there, but it kind of allows it to integrate together and it smooths the transition for our kids. So I, I think that that is a huge thing for all of my children and I highly recommend it what was your favorite part? Oh, what did you hate about it? Oh my goodness. You know what? I got the funniest picture. Look at this picture. Those kind of things. And also my next piece of advice is to agree with the child. So when they are, I mean, and they, and this happens during the trip and after the trip. So if your child says, Oh, I wish we were on vacation. You can say, I do too. That was so fun, but isn't it nice to be home? Or if they're doing this while they're on the trip and they're like, I wanna go home, you can say, Oh, I miss home too, but I'm having fun. I really like this. And it gives your child permission to have those feelings of sadness and also know that it's not the only feeling that they need to have, that they don't have to get locked in the despair cycle and they don't have to get lost in the anxiety cycle, that they can just say, it's okay that I miss it. And it's okay that I'm here to be able to offer any kind of situation to regulate your child's dysregulated emotions I hope all of you keep going on vacation, even if it's just overnight or for two days, or even if it's hard, especially with some of these kids who have some trauma. And I mean, there are ways that you ease into this. (laughs) For those of you who have a a child with a lot of trauma, you can do something as simple as today we're going to camp out in the basement or the living room tomorrow we're going to camp out on the back balcony, you know, whatever it is. And I actually don't let mine on the back balcony. (laughs) It's too too dangerous. (laughs) So, but there are options and don't, don't hesitate to be creative. You know, if you want to go to a family members and have a family sleepover, you can say, hey, sis, can my family do this thing where we just sleep over in your living room? I really need to acclimate my child to different surroundings. Hey, best friend. And when you do this, keep it as your family. Don't necessarily integrate. I mean, they, they can play with the kids that are there, but then all sleep together in the same room everybody sleep together in the same room because when you go on vacation, it's just going to be your family and you're trying to acclimate your kid to that. So those are my recommendations for vacation. I hope you all get to the point where vacations are a lovely thing that you can do with your family. I wish you all the best and thanks for joining.